Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system from the renal section on MedBullets.com. Let's get into the topic. The renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, or the RAAS, attempts to maintain arterial blood pressure by controlling blood volume. A decrease in arterial blood pressure is sensed by the kidneys as decreased renal perfusion pressure. This, in turn, stimulates the juxtaglomerular cells to secrete renin into the circulation. Note that increased sympathetic activity and beta-1 agonists, for example isoproteranol, increases renin secretion. Renin converts angiotensinogen into angiotensin 1, a precursor of angiotensin 2. Angiotensin-converting enzyme, or ACE, in the lung and kidneys converts angiotensin 1 into angiotensin 2. Note that a decrease in sodium delivery to the macula densa also stimulates the RAAS. Angiotensin 2 activates type 1 G-protein-coupled angiotensin 2 receptors, or AT1 receptors, which acts on the adrenal cortex, specifically the zona glomerulosa, to increase aldosterone secretion. Aldosterone will increase sodium reabsorption and potassium secretion in the principal cells of the distal tubule and collecting duct. Aldosterone will also increase hydrogen secretion in the alpha-intercalated cells. Angiotensin II activating the type 1 G-protein-coupled angiotensin II receptor or the AT1 receptor also directly stimulates the sodium-hydrogen exchange. It also acts on the hypothalamus to increase thirst and the pituitary to increase antidiuretic hormone secretion. Antidiuretic hormone will act on the principal cells to increase aquaporin-2 expression. This increases the collecting duct's permeability to water and thus increases water reabsorption. Angiotensin II activating the AT1 receptor also acts on the arterioles to increase total peripheral resistance and thus increasing arterial pressure. It also preferentially constricts the efferent arteriole to maintain the glomerular filtration rate, or GFR, in low-volume states such as hemorrhaging. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 9-year-old child is brought to the hospital due to vomiting and diarrhea for the past two days. His parents say that his teacher has sent notices about other classmates having similar symptoms. They say the patient has been feeling feverish and having low urine volume. On physical examination, the patient has increased nail bed capillary refill time of 5 seconds. The patient has an elevated respiratory rate of 23 per minute and pulse of 110 per minute and decreased blood pressure of 95 over 55 millimeters of mercury. Which of the following is occurring at a higher rate compared to baseline in the kidney? 1. Calcium reabsorption 2. Glucose reabsorption 3. Hydrogen secretion 4. Potassium reabsorption or 5. Sodium secretion And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3. Hydrogen secretion Given the exposure history and symptoms, this patient most likely has viral gastroenteritis and has decreased volume status from the vomiting and diarrhea. 
As the patient is volume depleted, there would be increased hydrogen secretion secondary to angiotensin II stimulated sodium hydrogen exchange and aldosterone stimulated hydrogen secretion in the kidneys, which would lead to contraction alkalosis. Remember, the renin angiotensin aldosterone system, or the RAAS, maintains homeostasis of blood pressure through hormone driven regulation of blood volume. Upon detection of reduced renal perfusion, for example, decreased blood pressure or decreased delivery of sodium and chloride ions at the macula densa, or increased sympathetic tone, juxtaglomerular cells of the afferent arterial release renin, which converts hepatically produced angiotensinogen into angiotensin 1. Through angiotensin-converting enzyme found in the lungs and kidney, angiotensin 1 is converted to angiotensin 2. Binding AT1 receptors, angiotensin 2 has downstream effects such as increased thirst through the hypothalamus, ADH secretion through the posterior pituitary, vasoconstriction through arterioles, glomerular efferent arterial constriction and increased sodium hydrogen exchange through the kidney, and aldosterone secretion through the adrenal cortex. Within the nephron, the RAAS exerts its effects in the principal and alpha-intercalated cells of the collecting duct and distal tubule. In the principal cells, ADH inserts aquaporins into the luminal membrane, facilitating water reabsorption. Additionally, aldosterone facilitates sodium reabsorption through increased epithelial sodium channel or ENAC activity and indirect potassium secretion. In the alpha-intercalated cells, aldosterone facilitates hydrogen secretion through hydrogen ATPases. In principal cells, aldosterone plays a key role in potassium homeostasis by upregulating basolateral sodium-potassium ATPases, which generates an electrochemical gradient that facilitates reabsorption of sodium and water and secretion of potassium. Additionally, contraction alkalosis is a consequence of direct hydrogen secretion and indirect bicarbonate reabsorption secondary to the sodium-hydrogen exchange due to the RAAS activation. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, calcium reabsorption, does not occur at higher frequency with increased RAAS activity. Within the nephron, the majority of calcium reabsorption passively occurs in the proximal convoluted tubule. Thiazide diuretics, which inhibit sodium chloride cotransporters, increase calcium reabsorption. A proposed mechanism is that water depletion indirectly increases proximal reabsorption of water and sodium ions, which calcium follows. Answer choice 2, glucose reabsorption, does not occur at a higher frequency with increased RAAS activity. Located on the luminal membrane of the proximal tubular cells, sodium glucose-linked cotransporter 2, or SGLT2, cotransports glucose and sodium into the cell. SGLT2 inhibitors are used in diabetes to increase glucose secretion. Answer choice 4. Potassium reabsorption does not occur at a higher frequency with increased RAAS activity. Increased angiotensin leads to increased aldosterone, which activates the sodium-potassium pumps on the basolateral membrane. The generated electrochemical gradient is balanced by sodium ions and water transported into the blood and potassium ions secreted into the urine. Aldosterone inhibitors such as aplerinone and spironolactone are known as potassium-sparing diuretics because of the prevention of potassium secretion. And finally, answer choice 5. 
sodium secretion does not occur at a higher frequency with increased RAAS activity, which rather increases sodium reabsorption through multiple mechanisms. Increased angiotensin II increases sodium hydrogen exchange. Additionally, aldosterone increases the activity of basolateral sodium-potassium pumps and apical epithelial sodium channel or ENAC activity. Due to the generated osmotic gradient, water follows the direction of sodium ion movement. In summary, angiotensin II and aldosterone lead to increased hydrogen secretion into the urine. Next question. A 26-year-old female complains of frequent, large-volume urination. This negatively affects her sleep, as she has to frequently wake up at night to urinate. She also complains of increased thirst. Her past medical history is significant for bipolar disorder that is treated with lithium for three years. Serum osmolality is 425 milliosmoles per kilogram, and urine osmolality is 176 milliosmoles per kilogram. Which of the following best explains this patient's serum and urine osmolality? 1. Hypothalamic overproduction of antidiuretic hormone. 2. Decreased production of antidiuretic hormone. 3. Antidiuretic hormone resistance in the renal collecting ducts. 4. Increased sodium reabsorption and potassium excretion. Or 5. Increased aquaporin expression in the renal collecting ducts. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, antidiuretic hormone resistance in the renal collecting ducts. This patient is presenting with nephrogenic diabetes insipidus secondary to chronic lithium use resulting in ADH or antidiuretic hormone resistance in the renal collecting ducts. Remember, antidiuretic hormone or ADH is released from the posterior pituitary in response to either a decrease in the effective circulating volume or an elevation in the serum osmolality. ADH then acts on V2 receptors on the principal cells of the collecting tubule, which subsequently increases aquaporin expression and insertion via a G-protein CAMP mechanism. This in turn increases water reabsorption, causing antidiuresis, and thus why this hormone is called antidiuretic hormone. As a result, the urine is more concentrated because it contains less water, and the serum has a decreased osmolality due to increased volume of water. Lithium reduces ADH sensitivity in the renal tubules by affecting adenylate cyclase and subsequently leading to a decrease in CAMP. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. In the first citation, Price and Marzani-Nissen presents a review of bipolar disorder. The onset of this disorder often presents in late childhood or early adolescence. Initial treatment for this condition includes psychotherapy and mood stabilizers. Mood stabilizers include lithium, antipsychotics, and anticonvulsants. Common adverse effects of lithium use includes diabetes insipidus, hypothyroidism, and sedation. In the second citation, Finch et al. discussed treatment of lithium-induced diabetes insipidus with the potassium-sparing diuretic amiloride. Amiloride has an effect on the cortical-collecting tubule blocking the uptake of lithium in this region. This, in turn, has an antagonistic effect on lithium, which inhibits vasopressin-induced water transport. Amiloride seems to decrease urinary output because ADH can now have an effect on the collecting ducts without decreasing lithium clearance and thus decreasing the risk of lithium toxicity. 
Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, ADH overproduction is more consistent with syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone secretion or SIADH. One would expect the patient to be hyponatremic and therefore have serum hypoosmolality. Answer choice 2, decreased ADH secretion is more consistent with a neurogenic or central diabetes insipidus. This condition has many potential etiologies, for example, they can be tumor-associated, head trauma-associated, or hereditary, etc. Lithium-induced diabetes insipidus is associated with the nephrogenic subtype of diabetes insipidus. Answer choice 4, increased sodium reabsorption and potassium secretion describes aldosterone physiology. Primary hyperaldosteronism is one of the causes of treatment-resistant hypertension. And finally, answer choice 5, increased aquaporin expression in the collecting duct increases the permeability to water in that region of the kidney. And that's all for this review about the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.